Today's Friday, October 13th. The title for our devotional is Why We Need the Big Picture. The last couple of days we've been looking at our big picture purpose. This can seem a little lofty and too big to have any real practical application in our day-to-day lives. Because remember Shiloh's questions of why. There are so many layers to this answer before we get to the answers that we've been discussing this week. My plan for today was to look at some of those layers to help us see how we live out our purpose and the small things. As I thought about it more, however, it's a topic worth spending a whole week on. So we'll talk more specifically about the layers of purpose next week and how they all point to our big purpose. For today then, I'd like to just emphasize how the previous layers of purpose, as I'm calling them, stop short of our ultimate purpose. My aim is to reveal how we need to maintain a vision of this larger purpose, and we can't stop at the previous layers. This will give you a clue as to where we're going next week, but we'll frame it differently then. You'll remember from Tuesday's devotional, we talked about a number of alternative bases for meaning. The largest and most common category in our modern culture is described as self-determined. The idea is to look inside yourself, discover who you are, and live out of your true identity, that is, your values, your interests, your skills, etc., that this gets so close to the truth. Yet, as we say, close only counts in horseshoes and hand grenades. I think we can add bags to that list as well. (laughs) Every good lie has a kernel of truth, and this one is especially toxic. In fact, it's similar to the first lie that Satan told in the Garden of Eden. So, this big picture category self-determination as our uh, basis for meaning. Our true purpose is not self-determined. It's God-given. It is true that we should find out who we are and live according to it. However, the lie is that we look inside ourselves to find out who we are. No, we look to God, his word, his revelation to find out who we truly are. What we think of ourselves often changes and could be wrong, both either too high or too low. Instead, we must look at who God says we are and trust that. In the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve failed to trust in God to define good and evil, and they took it upon themselves to do so. God said that they were to be stewards. They tried to be in the place of God. The sad reality is that we humans will never be satisfied while looking in ourselves to find our purpose. We will only be satisfied when we find it in God. And so let's look at some of the areas where we tend to find our purpose in when we look inside of ourselves and see how those are just insufficient. Happiness. When we look inside ourselves to find our purpose, we find happiness most often as our ultimate aim or purpose in life. As we said on Tuesday, this leads to a hedonism and doesn't actually lead to happiness because this is too small a category for our purpose. Instead, when we let God define our purpose, we find in Scripture that He satisfies us and in Him we find joy. Galatians 5.22 says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love and joy. Remember, uh, the fruit of the Spirit is that which the Spirit of God produces in us. God wants to produce joy in His people. Psalm 16.11 says, You make known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. We're looking for happiness and joy in the wrong places when we're looking in ourselves. It's only to be found in God. John 15, 11, Jesus tells his disciples, I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. The irony of life and the human experience is that God wants to give us joy, but we don't find it by looking in ourselves and pursuing it there. It's only truly found in God in his purpose that he has for us. The second one that we talked about is love. Another alternative uh, is family, remember? But the more basic purpose uh, to pursue when we look at family and find purpose in family is love. Next week, we'll talk about how love is a layer or a step towards our ultimate purpose, but it's not sufficient to describe our full purpose, and here's why. 
1 John 4, 8 through 10 says, Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only Son into the world that we might live through him. This is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his Son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Back to John 15, verses 12 to 13, we read, My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. So in those two verses, we've seen that God defines love. God is love. And John says, this is how we know what love is, that he sent Jesus among us. And Jesus has died as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Jesus says to love one another that as, as I have loved you. So our love is defined by Jesus and him laying down his life for us. And then not to mention 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 8, the famous love chapter which defines love. And again, Galatians 5, 22, we see that the fruit of the Spirit is love. Again, love is produced within us. This kind of love that God has for us, this purest form of love is produced within us by the Spirit of God. So this idea of love as our ultimate purpose, it's a lovely idea. The deeply philosophical social critique of Frozen, it got so close. <laughs> Unfortunately, if we quote, look inside ourselves to discover love, we won't actually find it in its purest form. Remember, Scripture says God is love. Jesus' death on the cross defines love as it is the greatest act of love in creation. The Spirit of God produces this love within us. Therefore, without a desire to know God, to be with God, to glorify God, our concept of love will not come close to genuine love. Next is achievement. Lastly, on Tuesday, we talked about achievement as a grounding for meaning. Achievements are, yet again, a layer in our ultimate purpose. But we must not end there, as so many in the church have done to catastrophic results. As we talked about last week, God calls us to good works in Ephesians 2.10. Jesus wants us to bear fruit in John 15.8. But we must not miss the big picture of our pursuit of achievements. John 15.8 says, This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit. It is to God's glory that we bear fruit. We must ultimately seek to glorify him. Ephesians 2.10, For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. And so, from these two verses, what we see is without a secure identity in Christ, knowing that we are created by God to be with God, without a big-picture purpose of glorifying God, we so quickly pursue achievement for our own glory and out of our own insecurities to validate ourselves. We therefore abandon the will of God and opt instead for our own will, and therefore are not accomplishing our ultimate purpose that God has given us. So again, today, in summary, uh, my aim was to reveal how this big picture vision of our purpose, it's so vitally important for us to keep in mind. It may not seem applicable in everyday life, as there are so many layers between this and our initial questions of why. We don't often think about it in our day-to-day, and that's okay. If someone asks me why I'm going to take a shower, I'm not going to say to glorify God with my body, right? That's a little much. be a little ridiculous. But I must ultimately have a sense that this is why I do what I do. Without this ultimate meaning, we will so quickly get off course, chasing a lesser purpose, living for a lesser purpose than we were truly designed to live in. Our ultimate purpose, you'll remember from the New City Catechism, is to know Him, love Him, live with Him, and to glorify Him.